Des Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. The Iowa State men's basketball team will take a preseason trip overseas coming up this summer as they travel to Italy in August. The NCAA allows schools to take an international trip every four years. And the Cyclones trip will run from August 10th through 20th, along with three games against international competition. The Calder Cup playoffs continue tonight for the Iowa Wild Game 1 against the Chicago Wolves. 645 with the pregame. Puck drops at 7 o'clock. Here the game on 1460 KXNO. In the NBA playoffs, the Milwaukee Bucks even their series against the Celtics with a 123-102 victory. In Oakland, Clay Thompson and the Warriors take a 2-0 series lead. Thompson catches. Fires. Three. Looney, three times again. Oh! He has a flamethrower! The call from TNT, 115-109 the final. Game three in Houston Saturday night. Two baseball and it's four in a row for the Cardinals as Andrew Miller finishes it out. Three-two pitch. And it's Miller. He's got it. A soft liner and that's how the game comes to an end. The Cardinals are now 19-10. and 10. The call from Fox Sports Midwest. In Milwaukee, Jesus Aguilar shows his pop. In the end, right field and deep and going again. Number three for Jesus Aguilar. The call from Fox Sports Milwaukee. And late last night, the Cubs take the lead against the Mariners. The call from NBC Sports Chicago, Cal Schwarber with his fourth home run of the year. And today the I-Cubs will play two against the Missions, 438, first pitch for Game 1. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. In-depth X's and O's analysis, it's Miller and Condit on 1460 KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Final hour of the program. Busy hour coming up. Did the Hawks in the first hour. We'll do the Cyclones with Alex Halstead in 10 minutes or thereabouts. Kept the uh, latest recruiting news with Alex Halstead. We'll talk about Taylor Horton Tucker and the uh, good news that he received as he has been invited to the Combine to showcase his talents, uh, which in all likelihood leads more and more credence to those people who feel that uh, he's as good as gone. We'll talk to Alex Halstead, and then we'll finish up our look at the four local NFL teams, uh, the Packers, Bears, and Chiefs have all been done earlier in the week. The Vikings today. Uh, Vikings had press availabilities yesterday. That prevented Tim from joining us then. So it actually works out better for us that we'll get the very latest on the Vikings at 11.35. Trent, I think that we've been shortchanging as far as the amount of conversation that we direct to KXNO's MLB team. I know. <laughs> it's... Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the TV broadcast. I don't know what I have against Dan McLaughlin. He seems like a decent guy. Sure. I just don't like the style of calling games. Uh, and it's, it's a hard watch for me. So I don't, I, I'll watch when they play the Brewers because I can watch the Brewers feed. Watch Brian Anderson. Right. Uh, likewise with, with the Cubs. And we'll get that opportunity this weekend. But this Cardinal team, our, our opinion of the broadcast aside, mm-hmm. 
Uh, Trent, they're legit. They're 19 and 10. They've won four straight, nine out of their last 10. They're pitching, they're fielding, they're hitting. I picked them to win the division, and I'm feeling pretty good about that pick right now. They're legit. We both loved what they did in the offseason. Osuna, two years ago, he was a disappointment last yes. year, but I thought he was going to be a bounce back, and he came been. better. It was better at the end than he, he was. was at the beginning, yes. But going out and getting Paul Goldschmidt. Huge. Any baseball fan knows the guy's a star. Yep. The thing that I absolutely, in a way, have been shocked by, you know, highlight there, I had Andrew Miller closing out the mm-hmm. game. He's not their closer no, right Hicks. now. And he has been very good, right? at least compared to what we once knew Andrew Miller as. Mm-hmm. But the way they have completely retooled that bullpen and the power arms that they have there, mm-hmm. and some of those other Gant, guys. I like Gant a lot. They have the kind of bullpen that you need in today's uh-huh. baseball in these series. Advance on. And they were able to... Well-run organization for a very long time. But as baseball evolved, they've also evolved along with it. We're not talking about a huge market team that has the money of the Yankees or the Red Sox or even the Cubs. Yeah, but they spend, though. They do, but they don't have... I'm going to guess their TV deals are very minor in comparison to... I see where you're going. Nesson I don't know the answer. I would the Yes Network. I would assume you're right. And what's going to be happening with the Cubs. Yep. They put a ton of money into around the ballpark. Mm-hmm. That continues, and I haven't been down there now in, I think this will be my third season. I want to get down there again, because it was just the beginning stages of Ballpark Village and mm-hmm. all the bars across the street, and I've heard it's even bigger than that. Ross Peterson was down there with KXNO last week and just How about his about, son, Eli, catching yes, a ball. ball? That's awesome. An unbelievable story. Yeah, good for them. That's a father-son moment yes. that neither father or son will ever forget. This baseball team is really good. What else do they need? Do they still need another starter? I was watching Granky again a little bit last night. Boy, he's fun to watch. Yeah, I know he is. Is Wainwright going to – is Waka going to – Waka Those was all right two. last night. No, he was okay. Yeah. Pitched five, uh, five strong. Mm-hmm. Um, look, you know how I feel about Flaherty? Yes. I'm a, I'm a Flaherty guy. I'm all in on him. Miklas is solid. He's okay. There's better ones in the game than him, in my opinion. Um, okay, that would be that would be the area if I if I'm trying to – solidify, mm, yeah, that's probably, I think you've identified it. Because they can hit the ball, they can feel yes. the ball. Go ahead. Yes, I saw your Blue Jays are getting ready for a fire sale. No. Yes, there was a report. Games. There was a report uh, yesterday Not from... Not Stroman. Stroman was one. Oh, no, don't do it. Uh, Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez was yeah. the other, and then... Those a, are the only two. And then there was an offensive guy. Yeah, those are the only two. But Marcus Stroman, he mm-hmm. looked pretty good, birdie on the bat. He's really good, yeah, uh, and he can hit too. He can, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a kid, and he can run. Yes, I mean he's a guy that they put out there. And we uh, saw Tyler Chatwood for the Cubs the other day yes, running around. You know, I, I enjoyed our conversation today with Cappy. Mm-hmm. I forgot to bring up Tyler Chatwood. I I don't know why. Well, <laughs> he's my guy. He is your guy. You just want to do it now because you know the inevitable is going <laughs> right. to be happening soon. Yeah, but he's still walking, guys. So right now you can be right. Yeah. And then when it comes to May and June, you will have to talk about it. Well, it is May now. It May is, Day. It's his May Day. Any today. kids uh, ring your doorbell this no, morning? No, not. Uh, not is, is, that, th- is that still a thing? I don't. Yes, because somebody rang our doorbell last year and the year before that. I'd okay. never heard of that till till I moved to Iowa. There's no such thing. In, well, there's still snow on the ground where I'm from in May. In a lot of <laughs> You're going to slip by the ice in Winnipeg? <laughs> right. right. Um, so I, I guess it's still. I, I don't know the answer. I had no idea what it was. My wife had to explain it to me. I thought, really? Yeah, you Put the basket on there, you ring the doorbell, you run away. I don't know the justification behind it. Remember doing it to my grandparents? That was about it growing up. Mm -hmm. What a weird, weird thing. So I just find it odd that 
some stranger's going to leave something on your your front uh, at your front door, and you're going to just dig into it, not knowing who it was that you know that put it there. I, I'm, I'm not into it. Anyways, uh, we will talk to Alex Halstead in about uh, five minutes or thereabouts. We'll get him in here. We'll do that. Uh, and Tim Yotter on the Vikings. But this Cardinal team and this Cardinal weekend, you know, we've got Cubs cards this weekend. And I'm not going to go over the top and say that this series is a defining moment for either of those, these two teams. But look. We are 30 games or thereabouts. We'll be 30 games into the season once the Cubs and Cards finish this weekend. So roughly a little, a little, about a fifth of the year is going to be behind us. Cubs are looking up at them right now. They're, as we begin play today, it's a 541st pitch, which is just ideal. You love that. Oh, it's perfect. I love it a lot more now these days yeah, than they did in the past. Right, because you were still on the air in, yeah. in the past. But uh, the Cubs are going to be behind the Cardinals in an opportunity to close the gap a little bit. But it's also an opportunity for the Cardinals to... Yeah, to to let them know that this is um, you know we are the team to beat, and there's a reason we got it. Uh, we're in first place, and the start that we got off to is is not a fluke. I think this race is going to be fascinating because the Brewers are going to be a part of it as well. Mm-hmm. The Pirates and the Reds, wishful thinking to fans of those two teams, in my opinion, but both can be a pain. A pain, yes, absolutely. But I don't think either of them are going to. We're not going to get to September. Yeah, don't count out the Pirates or yeah. ooh, this Reds team. They get hot. Look out. Not the staying power, but. As you play everybody in your division 19 times, mm-hmm. those games are going to decide. Absolutely. It. If you happen to run in and you're playing one of those series against the Pirates, somebody else in the Pirates again, and it happens to be one of those couple weeks where they're playing really well, we've seen that in the past. So that, that could decide this race. It is going to be nip and tuck. Mm-hmm. I, I, all these teams are good, mm-hmm. but all these teams also have warts. And I, and I like that part of it, too, where... I think they're all going to be looking for some of the similar things. What's your Cubs wart? Because I agree with you that the Cubs, a couple of weeks ago, had glaring warts. I mean, they were festered. Getting Bullpen's getting better. It's getting the better. The bats are coming alive. Bryant's hitting the ball out of the park. Schwarber's coming alive a little bit. Almora's getting some key hits, and he plays good center field. Not saying that they're fixed. No. But they're better. They're better, no doubt. And that bullpen is still, though it's been really good. I mean, it's been three weeks now of really yeah. good pitching out of that yeah. bullpen. Sustainability. I mean, are we still going to see these guys in July and August in the dog days of summer? Because you look down here on the farm, there isn't a whole lot to be excited about. Mm-hmm. There aren't those in-house candidates. Mm-hmm. And I would take the Cardinals bullpen. I would take the Brewers bullpen, even with the injuries the Brewers have had. I still think over the Cubs, though, numbers-wise, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs over the last three weeks have had a better bullpen than those two teams. So, so that's the part. And then this lingering doubt for the Cubs about Addison Russell, is is that going to play a role? Or I think he's played his last game. I really do. Completely I, done. I think he is. They've, they've kept him down here. I don't know where they're going to play him. Cappy mentioned it. Descalzo, Descalzo you can't take him out of the lineup. Zobra's no. got to get his at-bats. I think that... You know what? Maybe of of the two guys that are down here, Ian Happ trying to get back, Addison Russell trying to rehab the the image and get another opportunity. I think Happ probably gets the call before Russell. Believe it or not, here's the pitching matchup for this week, and then we'll get a break because we're late with Halstead already. A uh, Flaherty versus Darvish on Friday. That's appointment TV. Like that one. Love it. Love it. Love it. And that's afternoon Friday afternoon, afternoon one twenty first pitch. Yep. Uh, Michael Waka, Kyle Hendricks on Saturday, and then Sunday night baseball. Wainwright, Quintana, Quintana's been great, and Wainwright's been better than anybody thought. Right? Yeah, I, I I could not see this happening. This resurgence after what we saw out of him, no chance at yeah. all. This was uh, boy, they probably should have got rid of him while they could have. Uh, 
because he's he, he's at the end of his career. You don't want to remember a guy going out on just a disappointing. You don't want to lose his spot in the rotation because he's been so bad. Uh, but Wainwright's been good. Wainwright's been good. Cubs cards this weekend. I am in. Two enthusiastic thumbs up. And you've got the uh, the histrionics from the uh, from the off season too, right? Uh, with Yari. And uh, with Chris Bryant. Let's get Mark in here, then we'll get a break, and we'll get to Alex Halstead. Promise. Mark, take it away. Miller and Condon, how are you, Mark? Hey, good, Kenny. I love the baseball talk. Just uh, wanted to let you guys know that there's something special this weekend. Uh, Fox Sports is down in St. Louis for the Cubs card series, and they're going to do another special that will air, I think it's June 3rd or 4th, so check your local listings. But uh, more importantly, Cubs fans and Cardinal fans, I guess I can say that, even though I'm a Cubs fan. Send your videos to 100K, and it's Cards Cubs. You can Google it, too. But all, what they want you to do is tell them why you're such a great Cubs fan or Cardinal fan and about the rivalry, and maybe while you're watching the game, screaming and yelling. And they're going to take all those videos like they did with the All-Star game, and they're going to compile it in a one-hour show, and they're going to highlight the Cubs-Cardinals Rivalry. Good stuff. Well, this weekend, the series marked is, is is at Wrigley Field. So, but oh, I'm uh, sorry, then they're at Wrigley. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, the, your premise still stands. Exactly. Good stuff, Mark. Thanks for the call. Appreciate the heads up there. So there you go, Cubs cards fans. If you want to get those videos in, maybe you will be a part of it. Alex Halstead's going to be a part of it next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines. Oh, it's, it's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword hockey to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000 cash. That's hockey to 200-200 standard message and data rate supply. Alex Halstead on Iowa State next. Timmy Otter on the Vikings before we leave. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station 1460. Watch offers for details. In-depth X's and O's analysis. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert. Still to come, Tim Yotter on the Vikings as we uh, finish up our look at the four local NFL teams in their draft. Uh, Alex Halstead joins the program. Alex, Trent, and Ken, thanks for being patient. We got to you a little bit late, uh, but uh, appreciate you coming on. How are you, Alex Halstead? I'm doing good, yeah. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate it. You know, let's start first of all with uh, the uh, trip to Italy. Boy, oh boy, if you're a college athlete, I know I, lo- I love what uh, Harbaugh's doing with the Michigan football program, but they're going over for practice. But this is different, right? Where these summer trips, um, if you're going to play, actually compete when you're over there, you only get to do that, what, I think it's once every four years. So how did the Italy thing come together, and uh, what a great opportunity for the team to get away, to do a little bonding, and to, you know, to get some game action uh, prior to the most years? Yeah, this is something the NCAA started allowing within the last, I guess, probably ten to fifteen years, or or whatever it's been. Like you said, it's it's once every five, once every four years that you can go as a college basketball program, and the timing's pretty good here because um, you know obviously they started doing this. This is their fourth time, so you know they've been to Italy, I think Mexico, Spain. Now they're going back to Italy in August, and so you you just kind of already on that four year schedule, so you don't really get a pick anymore when it's going to be unless you take a year off, but the timing's pretty good because they lose a lot of their roster. They could be replacing, you know, as many as six of their 13 scholarships uh, next year. And so the timing's pretty good for them to go to Italy because it gives you an extra 10 days. You could spend 10 10 days overseas and 
they're going to play three games. So I think it'll, it'll allow them to start practice a little bit earlier and then also allow them to do a little bit more than they would in the typical offseason. And uh, this might be the best year for that to happen, given everything they lose. Alex, uh, yeah, we, we look at the roster right now. Still some open holes there. So take us through basketball recruiting right now. Guys that might be on there. I know incoming uh, freshman Caleb Grill, he has taken a visit to Iowa State and looking at a couple of other schools. Take us inside recruiting and, and maybe how this roster could shape up with some of the guys they're targeting. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts right now, and, and that starts with having probably three scholarships. You know, that's the most likely outlook. Um, you know, Cameron Bart's for sure gone. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker looks like he's most likely gone. You know, he's already obviously declared for the NBA draft. He's been invited to the NBA Combine, which is a, a big step in staying in the draft. And then Lindell Wiggins probably gone. Um, I don't think he'll get an NBA Combine invite. We'll see if he gets a G League invite. They, they have another camp this year for other guys. Um, you know, Maybe he comes back if something doesn't work out, but uh, all three of those guys you know, are most likely gone, so that's three scholarships. And uh, There's a couple high school guys right now. Uh, last week they had Severe Wheeler on campus, a kid from down in Houston. He's a top 100 high school guard, was committed to Texas A&M. He committed when um, Billy Kennedy got fired in March, and he's going to decide next Monday between Iowa State and Georgia. And then you mentioned Caleb Grill, who was just on campus on Monday and Tuesday. He left yesterday night. He'll go to UNLV this weekend. Obviously, he's a kid that was committed to South Dakota State for a really long time under T.J. Otzelberger. Um, he's down to Iowa State, Kansas State, and UNLV, and he will decide next week. So on the high school front, Iowa State will know between Wheeler and Grill next week. They could get one. Um, I don't know if both is very likely, but they could get one or they could miss on both, and uh, we'll find out a little bit more with that. You know, Transfer-wise, they're still looking at guys as well. Um, tomorrow, Thursday, Javon Johnson – a sit-out transfer from Troy will begin his official visit to Iowa State. Houston, UAB are in that mix as well as some others. And then there's some graduate transfers out there too. So um, they could go a lot of different directions, but they have three scholarships to work with, and uh, there's a lot of unknowns as we move into May. You know, back to the Italy trip for just a second. One more in it, because uh, I meant to ask, ask you this. Prentice Nixon, the sit-out transfer from Colorado State, will he be eligible to participate on this foreign trip? Yeah, he he will be in, in as will all the freshmen or oh transfers. good. So that's kind of the big thing for you know these trips. It's become the big thing. I think in the early years, I, I think there was less certainty with freshmen, and now as long as they go through that stuff like clearinghouse, freshmen can participate. And so it's really the first time that a coach gets a real true look at his roster, and that's why I think it's so important this year for Iowa State is uh, Prom will get a look at his roster. You know, in in August as compared to when they do those secret scrimmages later on in the fall. Mm-hmm. One more on this. Uh, is, is, there, is there one guy on this roster that maybe didn't see a lot of minutes, but now how the, uh, the, appear, the roster appears to be setting up for the uh, nineteen twenty campaign? Is there one guy, and, you know, it's May the 1st, and you have the right to change your opinion by the time they get on the plane, that this, that this trip might be more important to from a basketball perspective than any of the others as, they, as he tries to maybe uh, stake his claim uh, to more minutes. Yeah, there's there's probably a couple guys, but I'll go with, uh, I think it's Trent's guy, uh, Terrence Lewis. There you yeah. go. You know, he's a guy that obviously was, you know, I think at one point people thought, you know, would at least consider looking elsewhere because he didn't play the, through his first two years really much. But with Taylor Horton Tucker gone and Linda Wigington gone and you lose Nick Wilder, Bab, Mario Shayok, Grand Tally, I mean, you lose a lot of your guards last wings and you know this is going to kind of be his his make or break now i think his his junior year and 
uh, can he find some minutes? I think this is a big offseason for him because they, they need shooting and uh, they lose a lot of veteran leadership. And can he step in and, and have some kind of role? And I think that's not only August, but this offseason is going to be big for him. All right, with that, uh, I, I had a question for you and a little bit off the beaten path. I don't know if you saw the article yesterday from the LA Times. It was inside mm, yeah. the USCLA basketball coaching search. And Alex, they talked about Calipari and trying to get him, how that went. They talked about Jamie Dixon and the buyout, but there was just a small paragraph of the story, but as they were reaching out to some of their next group of coaches on their list, one of those guys was Iowa State head coach Steve Prohm, who declined to even be interviewed for UCLA. I think it says a lot, not just about Prohm, but also the way college basketball has changed in the past. UCLA called in Iowa, Iowa State coach, I mean, Big-time program coaches, you're making that jump. Any more with the money involved, not even worth the conversation. I don't know if you saw the article, but your thoughts on that. Steve Prome saying, no, I'm good. Didn't even interview for UCLA. Yeah, I did see his name came up. and I, It's been a common theme, I think, in the last couple of years. I think, uh, you know, within the last couple of years, not this year, but the year before, when maybe it was two years ago now, but when LSU hired Will Wade, I think they're, you know, Chrome was on a short list there. There were at least rumblings. I don't think he entertained that. Um, I know Alabama stuff this offseason has been shot down, but uh, I I don't think they ever necessarily – maybe they didn't necessarily talk, but I think Alabama had him certainly on the list, and I don't think he had much interest in that. And now the UCLA thing. So it, it's interesting. I think he's been pretty adamant in the last couple of years publicly that he wants to be at Iowa State, and I think based on the different things that have come out, whether it's LSU or Alabama or now UCLA – um, he seems pretty comfortable wanting to stay in Ames, at least right now. Uh, Taylor Norton Tucker uh, is uh, signed with uh, Clutch Sports. I'm just looking at some of the uh, the clients that they uh, that they've got uh, under them: John Wall, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Draymond Green. I mean Ben Simmons. That's a, that's a pretty good group. This is a reputable uh, firm uh, that he's now part of Clutch Sports. Boy, it certainly looks to me. Uh, the Taylor Horton Tucker is is no way is no chance that he's going to be a Cyclone next year. Yeah, that's kind of my feeling. I think an agency like that doesn't take many players that they don't think are going to uh, make it. You know, they they have a pretty good idea of of I assume what the NBA thinks and whatnot. And you know, obviously the the NBA Combine consists of sixty players, so that list is put together by NBA management. I think that that's a pretty good indicator that they consider him within that top group. And now. There's probably a couple guys, just like the NFL combine, that go to that thing and don't get drafted. But I think it's pretty safe to say if he stays in and gets drafted, you know, is that early second round? Is it late first round? I don't think anybody knows until he gets part of the process. But he seems a lot more likely to for sure not be back. I think Wigginton obviously has declared for a reason as well. But there's just a lot more more uncertainty surrounding Wigginton's fate than there is Horton Tucker's. We'll let you go on this. Alex Halstead joining us, CycloneAlert.com. And it's over on the football side. We talk basketball recruiting. Take us into football recruiting. Six commitments for the 2020 class, ranked number four in the Big 12 right now. What direction you see? What position group important coming up this summer? Yeah, you know, right now six commits, like you said, and all six of those guys are from the Midwest. Um, so I think they started close to home, and I think that's going to be a big thing here now is the spring evaluation period is ongoing through the month of May. Coaches are on the road around the country. This is typically when they start to expand a little bit beyond the Midwest, when they're getting down to Florida and out to California, into Arizona, a little bit more than they've been able to. So you're going to see more offers go out, especially at skill positions as that board expands. But 
the big target right now for them, and I don't know if it's necessarily anything imminent, but is Carroll Kemper defensive end uh, Blaze Gunnarsson. You know, he's obviously got Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska, Kansas State, Minnesota. Um, you know, he, he's got a lot of interest, and I think Iowa State and Nebraska are really battling for him right now. His brother's a walk-on at Iowa State. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one, and he's a big priority for them right now. But uh, there's that, and then I think uh, here in the near future, um, Arkansas graduate transfer wide receiver like Michael Petway is going to make a decision. Iowa State's right in the mix there with Auburn, and that uh, is a little bit more pressing because that immediately impacts the 2019 roster. Good stuff, Alex Halstead. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Yep, thanks, guys. Thank you. 24-7 Sports. Uh, Cyclone alert. Alex Halstead joins the program. All right, Tim Yotter's next. Bet a busy, busy Wednesday. We'll have Tim Yotter in here for a few minutes, get the latest on the Vikings, and then Trent and I will finish things up. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. You need Hi, Miller and Condon. Final segment here on a Wednesday. Iowa Wild Hockey tonight, 6.45 pregame. They'll drop the puck in game one of the second round of the Calder Cup playoffs at 7 o'clock. Joe O'Donnell has the call. You can hear it right here. Likewise, tomorrow, game two, before the scene shifts back to Des Moines, downtown Des Moines, 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon for game number three. Well, we've taken a look at three out of the four local NFL teams. The final one is KXNO's team as the Vikings play here home and away all season long. Tim Yotter, VikingUpdate.com. He joins the program. Tim Trenton, Ken, good to talk to you. Tim Yotter, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Well, yesterday, uh, media availability. What was that all about, Tim? Was this about the rookies? Uh, what transpired yesterday as far as the media avail with the Vikings? Well, uh, it was a uh, Rick Spielman, their general manager, just uh, took some people who, from the media through um, you know things things that they like about uh, some of their top picks and um, just kind of explaining how the process of their draft board and, uh, you know, the, the scouting process that goes into, into the people. It was, it was just a informational session, um, you know, pretty much all off the record that, uh, you know, just to, to help people with their coverage. So it was a good, uh, good deal. Mike Zimmer used to do, uh, the first two seasons did some film sessions with the media. So this was, uh, Fieldman's first shot at it, and, and uh, some good information from him. So Ken and I both made our predictions for the Vikings. He was right. Garrett Bradbury goes there. The guy that I really liked and I thought could be a, an important cog on that offensive line was Andre Dillard. I came up with the theory yesterday kind of on the fly, though. Bradbury certainly feels like the safer pick. Maybe not the same kind of upside as a guy, and especially a tackle like Dillard, but an interior lineman in Bradbury, the help of Elfline then, being able to bump out to guard seems like the safer pick. Is that a fair characterization? Um, yeah, I I would say it, it is a little little safer. They are both really athletic guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Dillard didn't um, have the the experience in run blocking, and you know as much on film there that that would make you think really comfortable taking him at that spot. Um, you know, to me, when I was breaking down the, the top tackles, you know, I felt like Jonah Williams was the most polished. Uh, Dillard had the highest upside, and Jawan Taylor was kind of in between, but probably not a left tackle. And with Bradbury, I felt like 
he I think he's very good in the run game. I think he's very good in pass protection as well. Um, super athletic. Uh, a lot of the draft analysts have said he is the top center to come out uh, in the past several years. So, you know, not just the top center in this draft. Uh, he, to me, looks really polished. And, um, you know, he he's got a, a really good base. He doesn't give up ground that easily. Um, and uh, he's very athletic, can get to the second level, can pull uh, and do all the all the sort of reach blocks that, that the Vikings are going to be looking for. So um, to me, the, the pick was based off of, you know, what he is as a player, but also it is the easiest way for the Vikings to upgrade the offensive line. If they would have taken a tackle, now all of a sudden you're sort of projecting. And the, the projection was, yeah, Riley Reef would probably bump into guard. But Mike Zimmer admitted they haven't taken a look at Reef at guard, so they're not really sure how good he would be there. So this one to me was, was a, a good pick. I don't think it was a reach by any stretch, despite the fact that you have the center in the middle of the first round, and it fills a, a big need for them. Hmm. Took uh, Irv Smith, uh, tight end from Alabama. I don't think he's as good as O.J. Howard, who went uh, 19, I want to say, a couple of years ago to Tampa Bay, but he's a good player in his own right. But my question surrounding it is Kyle Rudolph, who's uh, got seven points something against the cap coming up. He's still productive. He's just revered off the field. He's done so much in the community, was up, I believe he was the Vikings nominee for NFL Man of the Year. Him and his wife do a yeah. lot. Um, so what's what's Kyle Rudolph's future? Has he got one more year or deserve Smith in that rookie contract make it seem like maybe Rudolph might be on that cusp list because the contract is so big? Yeah, I mean, the contract is big. Um, it, it's a top 10 tight end contract. I think it's around five or six compared to the other tight ends around the league. Um, but the other part that makes it sticky is that the Vikings have, you know, spent so much re-signing their own guys mostly, and then adding a couple of, uh, you know, outside free agents over the last few years that they're at a, a spot with the salary cap where they are going to have to actually clear room before they can find all of their rookies. Mm. And so that, that puts Rudolph kind of under the microscope, um, and a couple of other players as well. Um, you know, at this point, it, it doesn't look like, uh, any of these big veteran guys like a Rudolph or a Trey Waynes or Xavier Rhodes is going to be traded. Um, you know, if that was going to happen, I would have thought it would have happened first day of the draft. Um, but Rudolph has also said he is very open to doing a, a contract restructure, which, you know, to his benefit, it would mean probably an extra year or two uh, on that contract, and he's the, the contract is set to expire after this season. Uh, so that, I think, would be the most logical thing to do is uh, restructure, lower his cap number this year, add a year or two, and really have him and Irv Smith coexist in this offense because I think they are going to use a decent amount of two tight ends. Hmm. Uh, Laquan Treadwell has to be a casualty, right? I mean, he's never... Yeah, you have to think that he hasn't lived up to what they hoped he was going to be when they drafted him. He had that awful injury at Old Miss. Uh, Treadwell and, the, and his prospects of playing elsewhere next year, I would say, look probably better than staying in Minneapolis. Oh yeah, I would say the you know the prospects of him playing with the Vikings next year is is pretty low unless you know he ends up going through free agency next year and just doesn't find anything that's willing to take you know a very minimal deal 
Um, you know, he he is one of these guys that uh, by Friday they have to make a decision on the the fifth year option of, of his rookie contract. But there's no way that they're they're going to pick up the fifth year option uh, based off of you know his production, but also the fact that it would cost them. I think it's ten point one million, and he just he's not even close to to worth that much. He hasn't he hasn't proven that much for them, and so I think that's one of the reasons that they made the Irv Smith pick is it gives them a guy that they can use in the middle of the field a little bit, bit more uh, who can be, you know, sort of a, a, a Treadwell type of guy, but, but from a tight end position, uh, you know, going back and looking at the tape on Irv Smith, it's amazing how many different spots he lined up. He lined up wide in the slot in line as a tight end and quite a bit in the backfield as a lead blocker, and he really did a pretty good job with all of those roles. Tim Yotter joining us, VikingUpdate.com. All right, Tim, i got a couple more here. First, you mentioned you liked three of the first four picks. The one that you didn't was the running back, Alexander Madison. Fit with what they want to do. Another big back there to go along with Dalvin Cook. Your thoughts on Madison and the guy that left you scratching your head the most? Well, yeah, he, he did really. Um, you know, not that he's a bad player, but I just felt like with other needs that they had and, um, you know, they kind of view him as a Latavius Murray type, a guy that, that can get the, the short yardage run. But, um, you know, I, I, I felt like if they were going to get a running back, they would have been better off trying to do that maybe fifth, sixth round and getting a guy that, that can have some of the same skills as Dalvin Cook does. And, and Madison doesn't really have that long burst. Um, so, you know, with, with Dalvin Cook's injury history, you know, it's, it's hard to say, okay, you know, he's going to be there for 14, 15, maybe even 16 games. You know, the last two years, that just hasn't been the case. He's missed five or more games. And so I, I was a little surprised that they went with that type of a running back. And I was, a little surprised that they went that early at the running back position, but you know they they did trade down several times and acquire extra picks before they made that one in the third round. Well, Samaya, they took in the fourth round the guard from Oklahoma. He made forty eight starts mm-hmm. uh, at, at Oklahoma. That that's good enough for me. Yes, <laughs> I think yeah. They, I, go ahead, Tim. Sorry. You well, know, just looking at, at his film since they drafted him, I I really liked the value that they got in the fourth round there. I, you know, I thought he could have been a a third rounder, perhaps even late second round guy. The the question that that I had about him is he looks like you know what what he did at Oklahoma was more straight ahead power uh, running type game, and the Vikings are looking for the athletic type guy. Mm-hmm. Now that said, uh, you know he admits that that they didn't do a lot of zone blocking uh, at Oklahoma. But once his season was done, he worked on it. He did a lot of it at the Senior Bowl with the 49ers coaching staff there. And I think that's where the Vikings started to see, okay, while he wasn't asked to do that at Oklahoma, we believe he's got the athleticism to do that. So that, that's going to be an interesting one. I'm curious to see if he is able to, to challenge uh, more likely Josh Klein at right guard, but perhaps uh, Pat Elfline bumping out to, to guard. Maybe he he can challenge one of those two for a starting spot. Well, that was my takeaway was the offensive line got better this yes. past weekend. Go ahead, Trent, finish up. Seven uh, lottery tickets in their hands, sixth and seventh round picks, a whole bunch of guys. Who's the one that you like the most to make an impact? 
Well, I think Chris Boyd, uh, the the cornerback from Texas, has a has a shot to do that. Um, number one, he'll get really good coaching with Mike Zimmer there. Uh, number two, Zimmer just loves having a lot of cornerbacks because he's dealt with a lot of injuries there. So he he's one that stands out, and I'm curious to see what Dylan Mitchell, the wide receiver from Oregon, can do. Uh, to me, he you know he looks like he's he's got some speed to his game, and uh, you know the Vikings. I think would love to have some play action passes go deep downfield. Now, I don't think he's going to make a big impact this year, but I, I think in future years it'll be interesting to see if number one, can he make the team? And then if he can, does he offer them more of a downfield threat than, than what they might have right now? Timmy Otter, VikingUpdate.com, part of 247 Sports, 247 Sports, VikingUpdate.com, Timmy Otter. Tim, thank you. No problem. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Timmy Otter, Viking Update. So we've done four out of the five locals, just the Denver Broncos next. They're not local. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thought maybe you weren't paying attention. My what, slide Dallas out. Cowboys <laughs> next? Pittsburgh <laughs> no, Steelers? No, 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 no. Hell with them. They're not local. Oh, oh. <laughs> they would be, I guess, would it be them or Detroit that would be considered the most, well, the you're, closest? You're, you're the asking Colts. a Canuck, first of all, so yeah. I'm probably not the most qualified to answer that question. Lions, Colts. Detroit's an hour flight, I think. Dallas Denver. is about an hour flight, too, right? Yeah. What would be the next closest to here? Well, Look the answer was St. Louis. Yes, that was the easy one. And that, even then, they were the forgotten fifth. Yeah, no, no doubt was about distant. it. I mean, they were, they were right. an implant. Right. Came no, in no from question. L.A., now back where they should be, in L.A. So no offense would, to Rams fans. What would, but be, what would be number five? Des Moines? I'm going to say Dallas. No. Not that close, is it? Let's see. Mileage-wise, Des Moines to Denver is... It's ten and a half hours. 670 miles. Denver to Dallas. No, Des Moines to Dallas. What did, oh, yeah. Going to Dallas, 697 miles. Ooh, so I'm still in the hunt with my Broncos. Detroit. Deet. Are we missing anybody? No. I don't think so. 599. So Detroit Lions is the answer to the question. Or the Indianapolis. Oh, it's a nine-hour drive. Eight-hour drive. 477. There's, There's the your answer. It's the Colts. Noble out at uh, Copper. He, he would yes, like that. Yes, he is a huge yes, Colts fan. No well, doubt his about Colts and his WWE. Right. Oh, was he a WWE fan? Oh, yeah. Big time. Well, Copper Creek, that's the scene of Hackfest coming yes. in July. Not again. too far away. I was talking to Andrew Downs about that just yesterday. You know, do you have the date for that handy? Uh, not exactly, but I will find it very quickly. Because you know what I was told uh, over the weekend? You know when Big Ten Media Days are this year? Oh. I think, I think that the, um, I think maybe it's the 26th Hackfest. Is that a Friday? We should know these things, Trent. We should. We haven't talked about Hackfest in a while. July 19th is Hackfest. It's Big Ten Media Day. But that's on Monday, Tuesday. No, it's not. They've changed it this They've year. Changed it this year. What? I asked before we had Bill Bender on last week. Yeah. I, I asked him, "When's when's Big Ten?" Yeah, oh, I don't know. Let me go. I'll I'll check when I get home. And he sent me a text message. Big Ten media days are Thursday and Friday, the eighteenth and nineteenth. Oh no! Well, that changes things, huh? Well, Going to be even for make for an awkward conversation, perhaps. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I have to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to be. Figured I was excited out for, for us. both events. I was too. 
But yeah, now, if Bill's right, and he said he's got the list of all the media days at home, and when he gets, he gets home, he's going to reach out to me, and he did, and um, it's the 18th and 19th. It's Thursday, Friday. It's Who do we know in the Big been... Ten offices? I mean, I, I guess I could just email the guy that always sends out the releases. He'd well, probably know, right? I, I couldn't find anything. I Googled and searched and searched We and both searched have done that, yeah. And couldn't find a damn thing. But Bender, let me find his text to me. Um, this was from Friday at 6.52, July 1819. I-1819. Boy, that would be a stinger. We'll leave a mark, Trent Conn. And all right, what's going to leave a mark on your bank account tonight, either positive or negative? Do you have a game? Or is there an NBA game you like tonight? Not really. I think okay. I will probably. I told you before the series, I like the Blazers. Yep. Yep, you did. It's not imperative to win this. And that's the, the only road. NBA game yes. tonight, correct? Yep, just one tonight. Mm-hmm. I'll probably jump on them. It's four. I want to get that four and a half. I want to get that hook in there. Mm-hmm. What do you got hockey-wise tonight? Anything uh, jumping to well, you? Well, the, the Blues and the Stars, that's probably the the game that I will spend the most time watching. Um, and that's, I think, a 7 o'clock puck drop. 8.30. Is Looking it? Right yeah, 6 o'clock Islanders. Oh, there, there's, yeah, that's got to be early, right? Yes. So it's probably, yeah, it's 8.30 for Islanders sure. go down 3-0? I don't think so. That, well, it's in Carolina. It's in Carolina. In Raleigh, right? Is yep. that where they yep. play? in Raleigh. That's um, weird, isn't it? They got a Stanley Cup in the last, well, it's been a while now. Was it 2005 or six? Seems odd. But yes, they've, they've won a Stanley Cup, believe it or not. Hard to believe, but um, all those suffering Canadian markets in Raleigh, North Carolina gets a parade for crying out loud. All right, coming up tomorrow, Zupa Mahente is going to join the program. Always look forward to that. I think we'll get Bill Bender on. But, uh, yeah, media days for the Big 12, 18th and 19th. Uh, Big, 10. Big 10. Big 10, Big 10, uh, Big 12 is Monday, Tuesday of that week. We will hear from Murph and Andy at 2, the Fanatics at 4, and the Morning Rush will start it all over tomorrow morning at 6. Thanks for being here, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines. hour on the herd. Okay. Kevin Durant is the best basketball player in the world and playing his best basketball now. At the end of the year, he didn't play a lot of minutes. He scaled back. He's rested. He is more efficient and better now in May. There's more to come right now in the herd. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. You guys can laugh at me all you want. This is The Herd. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With Colin Cowherd. I'm setting the tone. This show on radio. This is The Herd. Broadcasting live from Los Angeles. The Herd with Colin Cowherd starts now. Here we go, hour two, live.